Today, we, so we celebrate Gaudete Sunday. And uh, when the choice is asking us, the church is asking us to rejoice as we look forward to the imminent coming of the celebration of Christ at Christmas. One thing, question I had as I was writing this homily this past week was, what is the difference between the joy that we receive from Christ, His coming into the world? How is that different from the happiness that the world offers us? Because we kind of see two different worldviews at every Christmas. We see the secular Christmas that is offered us by the world, Santa Claus, the gifts and everything. And then we see the Christian understanding, which is it's remembering Jesus Christ coming into our world. And as I was growing up, there was, nothing, there was no time more important to me than the Christmas season. And by that I mean November 1st to December 25th. Because I always celebrated according to Walmart's schedule. It was purely secular for me. You know, it was all just about the gifts and the lights and the music and the movies that you only hear at that time of the year. And it was the most like joyful time of my life. Um, but it, so I never could understand that the, that every single time we'd get to Christmas Day, two months of all this expectation, this hope, this longing for this time of season coming towards Christmas. And yet Christmas Day would always be one of the saddest days of, of the year for me. Because you get to about four o'clock in the afternoon and you've had all the traditions that the family goes through. You know, Christmas Eve, the church, the presents, the, the great feast, the being around family members. And by like four or five o'clock in the afternoon, you have nothing else to look forward to. And so the question I'd always have is, well, like, well what's next? And I'd go to sleep with this deep emptiness that night, knowing that I had nothing else to look forward to in that hope of Christmas season. It was all gone. So that was what I received from celebrating Christmas, according principally to the secular version of it. It offers you a thrilling experience. You get some great highs, especially with the food and the sweets and the music. But it's short-lived. And after it's all over, you're kind of left asking, well, what's next? And that can be, in a sense, all of our experience of life in general, right? We live in this great longing for what we want, and we have joy as we're moving towards that, and we experience happiness once we possess it. But then after we possess anything we go after in life, always comes that difficult moment of emptiness after that, where we realize that our hearts are still hungry for more. And we're asking ourselves, is that it? Like, what's next to come? You know, Jerry Rice, he said that the saddest day of his life was the day after he won the Super Bowl. Because he spent his entire life looking forward to that ring. Everything he ever did was for that ring. And so the day after he finally got a Super Bowl ring, he woke up the next morning and said, well, what's next? What's my purpose here? What am I going to go after? And he had no idea. Thomas Hobbes, an atheist philosopher, he once said that the entire life of man on earth, he was an atheist, so he only saw things from this perspective. He said the entire life of man on earth is chasing after one happiness after another after another until you die. Never finding the ultimate answer to the deepest longings of our hearts. And in a nutshell, that was the whole life experience of St. Augustine. St. Augustine was a man of incredible desire. And he went all over the world searching for the answer to that deepest longing within him. 
And he writes a beautiful reflection in his confessions. He said, he went to all the inhabitants of the earth with one question. Are you the God I'm looking for? Are you the God I'm looking for? He said how he'd go to the sea and ask all the creatures. He'd go to the earth, he'd ask all the humans. He'd look in the sky and he'd ask all the birds, are you the God I'm looking for? And every single one responded to him. He said, no, we are not your God. Seek above us. Seek above us. Every time we put all of our happiness into a new dream, a new person, even a new job, a new Netflix series, or a new Christmas, in a sense, we're, we're always asking that question deep within our hearts, are you the God I'm looking for? Are you going to be that total answer to my longings? And when it fails to satisfy us, which it always does in the end, that failure to totally quiet our hearts, that's, what the creature, that's when the creature is always saying to us, I am not your God. I am not the answer to everything you're looking for. Seek above me. Go beyond me. And that's why St. Augustine, his great cry was, Lord, you made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. To live within that restlessness is our life on earth. One prisoner came up to me actually just yesterday after, after the homily and they said, you know, they were going through a lot of problems with, within their family. A lot of, and she was really upset because it was happening right around the Christmas season. And it's, I think it's going to be different, difficult because naturally we all want the holidays to be this incredible coming together. All the family coming together. We want peace and joy and everyone, you know, just coming together in peace. But at the same time, you can also have a lot of problems surface within the family in the very moment. It also makes it very palpable what's lacking in our families at that time. Um, but she, she asked me a really interesting question. She said, have you ever heard of, of people addiction? I'm like, no, I've heard of Facebook addiction, but not people addiction, you know? And, uh, but she said, I think every one of us has people addiction. She goes, I need people in my life always. And I get so depressed when the people I love fail me. She goes, but I realized something as this whole experience of my family going through these problems. She goes, it's as if God is allowing my false idols to crumble before me. The creatures on this earth that I, I made my God, that I tried to make the complete answer to my, my, my longings, he allows them to crumble so that I return back to him. And I remember that he is the ultimate answer to my longings. So I think that touches very profoundly on that question. What exactly is the joy that Jesus Christ offers us by his coming into our world? The answer can only be himself. God in the flesh. And why is that the the ultimate answer? Because that's what we're ultimately longing for in life. You made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Every human being on this earth is restless until they encounter Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer to everything that we are longing for. And he's the one thing in this world that never crumbles.
But it's difficult because he comes not bringing things. He doesn't bring presents and gifts. He doesn't promise prosperity, not even health. And I mean, forgive me for even saying this, but maybe Jesus Christ didn't even bring in into this world a much better utopian vision of a kingdom of God that we all hoped he would. I mean, if you think about it, evil still exists. Scandals still exist. Suffering still exists. Poverty still exists. We still die. We're still disappointed. We still suffer. Pope Benedict talked, he answered this question. He said, what did Jesus actually bring, if not world peace, universal prosperity, and a better world in general? What has he brought? The answer is very simple. God. He has brought God, and now we know his face. Now we can call upon him. Now we know the path that we human beings have to take in this world. Jesus has brought God, and with God, the truth about our origin and our ultimate destiny. It is only because of our hardness of hearts that we think that this is too little. And I think that last line sums up so much of our experiences sometimes, that we think that the gift that Christ offers the world by his coming is too little. It's like, yeah, Jesus, thank you for giving me yourself, but I also have a lot of problems I'd like you to fix too. I also have sick family members. Can you heal them? We have problems within our family. Can you heal that? I'm having problems within my marriage. Can you heal that? I'm having problems with my job. Can you get me a new one? I'm having problems with raising enough money to feed my children. Can you give me that? It's very easy for us to see, to believe that the gift that Christ offers us, the gift of his presence, is insufficient in light of the difficulties that we go through life, the very things that take away our joy and our peace. And that's what John the Baptist went through in the gospel we read today. That question that he had, are you the one or should we look for another? Are you the one or should we look for another? And that's the temptation we can all have in life, especially in our suffering. John is writing him from prison, right? And he's asking, are you the Messiah that was promised, that was foretold to redeem Israel? Because last time I checked, the Romans are still subjugating us. Our people are still leaving. I'm still in prison. Are you going to redeem Israel? Or do we need to look for another Messiah? And that's our temptation. When Christ fails to be the answer to our immediate problems in life, we say, are you the one we were looking for? Or do I need to go somewhere else? It's only because of our hardness of hearts, my hardness of heart, that I don't realize that his presence in the midst of my problems is the ultimate answer to my problems. That's what he gave to give us. And when we recognize that, that's the secret to the joy that he offers us. Because now it goes beyond all the things in this world that can take away my peace and my joy, whether it be health problems, family problems, money problems, job problems, whatever it may be, church problems. 
if I notice that Jesus Christ is with me in the midst of it, being born right there in the midst of my life, I can get through anything. I can have peace because I'm not alone in the midst. Perhaps we can ask ourselves today, in the midst of all the things I'm hoping for this year at Christmas, am I looking for Christ above all? Is He the first, my first hope this year? His presence. Is He enough? Even if everything else I'm hoping for this year falls apart, even if my family gathering isn't everything I want it to be, even if I don't get all the gifts I wanted to have, even if all the plans I had for the traditions fall apart in the end, can Jesus Christ, His coming into your life, wherever you're at right now, can that be enough? And you think about that's the only thing that He offers us every time we come into this church. Every single time we go to Mass, we come in bearing our problems that we face in the world. And what does He offer us when we come here? He offers us His Word in the Scriptures and His body and blood. His very presence on this altar. And He comes naked and vulnerable and weak in the form of bread and wine, just as He came naked and vulnerable and weak in the form of a child at Christmas. So He doesn't necessarily take away the problems that we're going through at this time but he comes to join us in the very heart of it. To say that you're not alone and that I'm with you through every step of this way. And if we truly recognize that, if we recognize the gift that Jesus Christ offers us by his coming into this world, by his coming into this church, by his coming into my very heart, then we can receive the joy that only Jesus Christ can offer us the joy that can never be taken away.